It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio. We appreciate you being with us today. And uh, we do have a lot of ground to cover, a lot of news uh, happening as we go through the day today. We'll uh, hit the fallout from the Democratic debate last night, what it means for South Carolina this weekend and for Utah next Tuesday, part of Big Super Tuesday. Uh, We're also going to break down uh, with our good friend pollster Scott Rasmussen will join us at 1135 today uh, to help break down some of those numbers and what they actually mean. Uh, And then we're also going to kind of get to this uh, issue around Bernie Sanders and President Trump and what the country still doesn't understand about the two of them uh, and what they're actually tapping into. We'll do that in our final segment today. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, We'll break it down in in real depth there. Uh, Also, some of the things we're keeping an eye on today throughout the day here at KSL News Radio. Again, President Trump will be addressing the country regarding the uh, coronavirus. That'll be this afternoon, 4 p.m., uh, local time here in Utah, and uh, we'll be fascinating to see what the president has to say in terms of preparation. We know Utah Senator Mitt Romney uh, was a little disappointed coming out of a briefing yesterday. Uh, be interesting to see how the president couches that and how prepared we are. Those are good questions to be uh, asking and getting answers to as we go throughout the day. Also, uh, we just got word that uh, Senator Bernie Sanders will be coming to Utah ahead of Super Tuesday. And this is fascinating to me because he's actually going to be here uh, on just the the eve of Super Tuesday. Uh, We don't have all the specifics just yet, but we're uh, working our way through those. But he will visit. He will be uh, yet one more. uh, It looks like he'll be here at noon. I'm sorry, a noon rally on Monday, March 2nd uh, in Salt Lake City at the uh, Utah State Fair Park. Uh, So we will monitor that as well. Uh, Again, sends a big signal that uh, Senator Sanders is uh, not discounting Utah. And is it's an important part of uh, his getting momentum uh, rolling into Super Tuesday, and uh, it's a it's an interesting thing with the way that the democratic process works, in terms of the proportionate uh, allocation of delegates. Every state, every delegate is going to matter, including Utah. And so Bernie Sanders is going to come here. It will be interesting to see how his crowd rivals uh, that of. Uh, a Pete Buttigieg who had about 4,500 or a Mayor Bloomberg who had about 600 uh, during the day on a Monday uh, who will show up for the Bernie Sanders rally. So that will be fascinating to watch. All right, let's break down just a little bit because part of what we want to do here, uh, as always on Inside Sources, is to slow the news down just a little bit, break it down a little bit more and uh, divide the, the rage from the reason so we can actually get to some things that will help us make the news make sense and what we can actually do in our own uh, neighborhoods, communities, uh, and here in the state of Utah. So as I watched the debate last night, uh, it was it, it can't be classified as anything other than a shout fest. 
so first, the the worst performance of the night went to, without question, the moderators. Uh, that may have been the worst moderated debate uh, I have seen. And I've seen a lot of bad, bad moderators of debates. And this was horrific. They lost control in the first 12 seconds of the debate, never got it back, uh, weren't even able to end the program properly. <laughs> they, first, they said they were out of time and went. And then they said, well, we'll have one more commercial break and come back. And then they came back and then they just kind of stopped. And that was the end of it. But the the worst part of the way they moderated is, one, they did not demand any answers from any of the candidates. And so the candidates knew, the candidates knew they were free to go wherever they wanted to go uh, on any topic. They didn't have to answer the question. They could pivot to whatever talking point they wanted to. They could go three questions back. They could make an attack on uh, somebody to their left or right. And that's really how the whole evening played out. And uh, it was it was not productive. And and I have to tell you, I had a flashback uh, to, to 2015, some of the early debates for the Republican nomination, 2015 going into 2016. And we'll talk about that in our last segment today. Uh, amazing. We're we're watching it play out over again and very similar circumstances, very similar players, very similar strategies, very similar mistakes by a lot of the campaigns in terms of how they're addressing things. And, and so that was uh, something that was just flabbergasting to me. It's like, here we are once again. Now we're on the left side of this debate, and we're going to approach it the same way that it was done in 2015 and 2016. So that was really disappointing to me because I don't think they advanced anything in terms of what a voter would want to know uh, in terms of uh, who they should vote for and why, again, on the Democratic side of the aisle. Um I think the one uh, resurgent campaign, if there was one, coming out of last night's debate, uh, amazingly, was former President Barack Obama. He has reemerged on the Democratic debate stage. Uh, and you have to think about this. Go back just a couple of debates. This was debate number 10 for the Democrats. And there were actually debates in the fall of last year where during an entire two-hour debate, the former president, a very popular Democratic president, was not mentioned at all, not even by his vice president. Last night, it was a race to President Obama. And obviously, Mayor Bloomberg has used that in his campaign ads, so that clearly uh, struck a nerve. And Elizabeth Warren now has campaign campaign ads with uh, the former president in there, as does the former vice president, Joe Biden. Uh, and on down the list, everyone is claiming the uh, Obama mantle and legacy now, uh, which is is just hysterical. Uh, again, they were running away from President Obama in the fall. Now in the spring, as they really face the Democratic voters, they're rushing back uh, with open arms. And so the, I think the legacy of uh, Barack Obama was the winner last night as everyone raced to uh, claim that legacy and uh, that mantle for sure. Uh, so that was a, an interesting thing. Uh as you looked at the debate stage and kind of how everything played out, there were a number of uh, Democrats last night, including uh, Debbie Dingell, a congresswoman from Michigan, uh, who just said she was depressed, she was flabbergasted, she was embarrassed for her party uh, because it really was just a, a really bad shouting match. And not the substance just didn't happen. And again, Regardless of which of those candidates you may like or dislike, uh, 
it was uh, just yell whatever you wanted to yell and do it until you finally decide you want to stop because the uh, moderators were clearly not going to stop you. And so it was just a, a really bad, messy, uh, and didn't move the needle, I think, for anybody last night at all. Uh, in fact, uh, while I think that uh, Pete Buttigieg probably had the soundbite of the night, um, I don't know that he won the debate uh, because he just because of where he was. Amy Klobuchar, again, who seemed so rational and reasonable, uh, just she can't compete on that kind of stage with that kind of crazy and yelling going on. Uh, just is not a good place for policy discussion or practical solutions kinds of discussions. I do want to play Pete Buttigieg uh, real quick because he sort of uh, teed up what he felt is, I think this is going to be the key to his campaign rolling into Super Tuesday. He said this. Where it comes down to Donald Trump with his nostalgia for the social order of the 1950s and Bernie Sanders with the nostalgia for the revolutionary politics of the 1960s. All right. So, again, that's Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, last night, and he drew the distinction saying, hey, if if we want this to be about uh, President Trump and Bernie Sanders, uh, that those aren't good debates for the future. Those are good debates for the past. And uh, again, ironic that, uh, that that's the discussion point that you have to make uh, rolling into that. Uh, Scott Rasmussen, uh, independent pollster and a partner for us uh, here with the Deseret News, the Hinckley Institute of Politics, uh, is going to join us at 1135. We'll actually break down and look at what's happening in the polling numbers, what's really going to move. Uh, Joe Biden seems very well positioned uh, to win. Uh, South Carolina picked up a key endorsement this morning uh, from Representative Jim Clyburn, who's really the kingmaker of South Carolina uh, so it looks uh, ever more inevitable that the vice president, former vice president Joe Biden, will win South Carolina. The question is, can he parlay that in such a short period of time into any kind of momentum going into Super Tuesday? We'll continue to break that down. Let's go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, culture in the workplace, what it takes. We're going to tap into uh, the university, uh, Utah State University, uh, right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be with you today. And we got to get right to it because. While we talk about this program being the fastest 60 minutes in radio, the next segment is going to be the quickest segment in radio because we've got our good friend, independent pollster Scott Rasmussen, joining us on the line. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing great, boy. And you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, recovering. My ears are recovering from the uh, shout fest from uh, the debate stage last night. Not sure a lot of words were spoken or any policies really put forward, but uh, a lot of interesting things. As you look at the numbers uh, rolling into a really critical South Carolina primary and then on into Super Tuesday, uh, what are you seeing right now? Well, right now it looks like things are going about as well as could be expected for Joe Biden. I would say that he was one of the winners in last night's debate. Uh, I think he had probably his best debate so far. And more importantly, uh, some of his competition, whether it's Mayor Bloomberg or Tom Steyer, they didn't look so great. And of course, uh, uh, Bloomberg got, excuse me, Biden got a great endorsement this morning from Congressman uh, Clyburn. And, um, and all, all things seem to be going in his direction. Now, the, the unknown here is we know in polling that um, w- when voters begin to recognize the choices between you know, 
the two candidates, all of a sudden the rest of them begin to peel off. And so maybe you're thinking of voting for Steyer, and then you see uh, that the choice is between stopping Sanders or supporting Biden. Maybe you avoid Steyer and go to Biden. So we'll see how much of that drift takes place. Uh, that, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, right now in South Carolina, of course, uh, Joe Biden is up. Uh, on Bernie Sanders by a few. And as you mentioned, with the uh, endorsement of a uh, kingmaker of South Carolina, uh, Representative Clyburn, uh, that may inch up a little bit. Also interesting, uh, Tom Steyer, third place uh, currently in uh, South Carolina. Uh, I guess the question for the Biden camp is really going to be, is there time for them to parlay a Saturday victory in South Carolina into any kind of momentum going into Super Tuesday? That depends on how big the victory is. You know, if if we wake up on Sunday morning and the stories are, well, Biden won, but it was very close, probably not. But if he wins going away and his margin is a little better, bigger than expected, uh, I, I think you'll see a pretty decent bounce going into Super Tuesday. Because we've seen for the last week, we've heard in every commentary that the question is Sanders or who. Uh, we saw it in the debate last night. There was kind of a muddle. It looked in the beginning like, like Sanders was going to face a lot of heat, but that kind of petered out. Uh, and so if the choice is Sanders versus somebody else, and you're with one of the somebody else's, if Biden comes away with a really convincing victory uh, on Saturday, it may help him quite a bit on Super Tuesday. Now, having said that, uh, you know, you've got Mayor Bloomberg there, who I think after two debates, uh, it's very difficult to see how he ends up as the Democratic nominee. But he's spent a lot of money. He's banked a lot of votes already. Uh, you know, he will be a presence, and, and that may have an impact on helping Bernie Sanders ultimately uh, on Super Tuesday. Yeah, it's so interesting and so reminiscent of, of 2016. And you had some of those who just hung around. A lot of people were saying, OK, it really just has to be a, a Ted Cruz versus Donald Trump battle for it to be a battle. And then you had uh, a few people hang on and hang on. And uh, Bloomberg may end up playing that role. Uh, he has spent a lot of money. Utah, obviously, is uh, in the mix for the first time as a Super Tuesday state. Uh, in fact, I just noticed on uh, Mayor Bloomberg's most recent ad, uh, he added a line. He says, if if you uh, don't want a debater but want a doer, <laughs> he's the yeah. guy. Uh, and a lot of them are flocking to the state. Even Bernie is coming to state uh, to the state of Utah on Monday. We've already had Mayor Bloomberg and we've had uh, Mayor Pete and Tulsi Gabbard made an appearance here. Uh, so Utah's kind of in a, an interesting mix for the first time on the Democratic side of the aisle. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that, that gives a sense of how fluid the race is, and a lot of people are going to look for, they want to pull off a victory. They want to pull off a surprise somewhere. If you're Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, uh, what you really want to do uh, is be able to talk about how many states you've won. And, uh, you know, so these uh, there is going to be a lot of interest. There's 14 Super Tuesday states. Uh, two other jurisdictions will be voting. And, uh, you know, and when, when I say they will be voting, 13 of those 14 states have already begun casting right. votes. Uh, now, boy, I got to tell you one one thing. If you really this is this is the uh, the gap between a politician's position and their rhetoric. If you were Michael Bloomberg and you really believed what he's saying right now, that that Bernie Sanders would be a disaster for the Democratic Party and Donald Trump would be a disaster for the nation if he gets reelected. Uh, the smart play for Mike Bloomberg would be to drop out of the race and put all his money behind either attacking Sanders or helping Biden.
Um, and I and I make that point because you know that's something that Bloomberg could do to right. clarify the choice in this race. Uh, but obviously, I don't expect him to do that because <laughs> he thinks he's the one who should be Bernie Sanders. That's right. And if he's going to invest that kind of money, I think he should have invested in me, just as a you know good voice for the <laughs> well, you, for the you country. Could be the, you could be the Democratic <laughs> nominee if he does. Fast. <laughs> oh, if you're just joining us, we have uh, pollster Scott Rasmussen on the line with us, breaking it down for us as always. Uh, I want to go a little bit behind the numbers again you, you watch the the performance last night you uh, again so reminiscent of 2016 you had uh, kind of everyone taking their big final swings uh, a la marco rubio you had kind of the inter yeah. battles like the uh, you know rubio and uh, and some of the others as he tried to take everyone out with him as, as he went uh what do you see what do you see coming uh, any any sub trends uh, or interesting lines that you're seeing uh, as it relates to really to super tuesday and beyond well, you know, I, watching the debate last night, I got a sense of how difficult it must be for these candidates to appreciate the rhythm of the race when they're in the middle of it. Mm. Because, quite frankly, uh, most of the time it seemed like too little, too late. Uh, the candidates should have been staking out these positions, perhaps should have been challenging Sanders a little more earlier in the process when it was still a little uh, easier to have an impact. Uh, I, I really think that going into Super Tuesday, the discussion has uh, been raised as Sanders versus somebody. And the only question is whether there will be one somebody to emerge again, a Joe Biden with a really big victory, or will it just be split? Um, and if it's really split, it then becomes hard to see how anybody other than Bernie Sanders becomes the nominee. Uh, the other thing to watch is how well Sanders does in California. Mm. California elects, uh, sends over 400 delegates, about 10% of the total, to the Democratic Convention. And Sanders appears to be pretty far out in front right now. If he wins big in California, all the rest of the talk may just disappear. Yeah, that's fascinating. We've got just about a minute to go, Scott, and I actually wanted to ask you, what are the numbers? What's one or two numbers uh, of the numbers we should be watching uh, come Super Tuesday that might give us uh, an indication of where this race is headed? I think the simplest number is how many delegates or the what is the share of delegates that Bernie Sanders comes out of the the uh, day with? You know, if he keeps puttering around in the 25, 30% range, wins 25 or 30% of the vote and gets a quarter of the delegates, uh, as he would, as he did in uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, that's not going to be good enough for him. If he comes closer to a, a Nevada type of experience where he has a bigger lead, that's very, that's going to be very significant. So it is the size of Sanders' lead coming out of Super Tuesday that will be most telling. And that will then shape the race for the next couple of weeks because you've got a few more big states. Um, and by the middle of March, you know, the vast majority of Democratic delegates will have been selected. We'll know exactly where the race stands. Yeah, absolutely. Great insight, as always. Scott Rasmussen, you can also read Scott Rasmussen, does a uh, weekly column for us at the Deseret News. You can see that on Deseret.com. Uh, great pieces. Uh, we'll have you back and chat about some of those as we move along. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right. As always, I want to know what's on your mind today. Make sure you chime in today on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. Again, 57500. When we come back, uh, going to talk about what is it about Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump that the pundits and the political class are entirely missing. Stay with us on KSL News Radio.